The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome to the American Negotiation Institute's podcast, where we will teach you the skills you need to get more out of life. And now your host, Kwame Christian. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer by trade, but my passion lies in teaching you the keys to persuasion and conflict resolution. This podcast is part of the American Negotiation Institute, where we do business consulting, training, and one-on-one coaching for people who want to communicate more confidently and persuasively. Check out our website to learn more. Negotiate Anything is sponsored by FreshBooks, a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. And because you're a listener, you can try it out for free. To get your 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com slash negotiate and enter Negotiate Anything in the How Did You Hear About Us section. I've put a link in the description for easy access. Bob is the founder of Spearpoint Solutions, and his professional background includes financial planning and residential real estate. He's the inventor of the creative ideas game called What's the Big Idea, the author of Discovering Your Greatness, and content curator and contributing author to the book Living a Wealthy Life. And a quick fun fact about that last book, I'm one of the featured contributing authors to that. So uh, check it out. It was a lot of fun working with Bob on that, and he's been able to create a pretty cool collection of stories in the business world to share a fantastic message. So I'm honored to have been a part of that. In this episode, Bob talks about the five sources of wealth, and I think it's important for us as negotiators to know the things that are worth negotiating, because too often we only focus on one source of wealth, and that's money. Um, And in this episode, Bob talks about some of the other sources of wealth that we should consider when we're negotiating. Bob was gracious enough to create a freebie for us for this episode. So if you go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash Bob, B-O-B, you can get that free download. And I'll put the link to it in in the description below. And lastly, uh, I want to apologize in advance. Something went wrong with my audio. And I was thinking we we need to redo the interview, but um, we were able to fix enough of it so that it sounds good. Bob's audio sounds good. My audio (laughs) doesn't sound good, but I think that's okay this time because Bob was really bringing the content today. So focus on what he says and um, try to uh, ignore or at least forgive the audio issues on my end. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure to be here with you, Kwame. So how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, my name is Bob Sager, and I'm the founder of a company called Spearpoint Solutions. And Spearpoint's mission in the shorthand is uh, we connect people, ideas, and resources with the goal in mind of being to help people realize and also achieve their true potential in life. Very nice. And how long have you been doing that? Spearpoint Solutions was founded in late 2008. And it's been quite an adventure and a lot of fun. Fantastic. Okay. And the reason we wanted to have you on the show today is because you have a very unique perspective on what value is. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. When a lot of people think of value and they think of 
wealth and prosperity. For the most part, the only thing that comes to people's mind is money. And certainly money is a part of value and prosperity. But really, it's been my experience that there are five forms of wealth. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, listen, the five forms of wealth are money, obviously. And uh, money is important for the area which it's used, but it's only a tool to be used, not some sort of deity to be worshipped. And I heard it said once that uh, you should use money and you should love people and never get those two things reversed. So money is important for the area where it's used. The second form of wealth is time. You know, one of the things I like to tell people is that money comes and goes, time only goes. And the older you get, the more you appreciate that. I think once you realize the value of time, you start treating your days differently. You know, it's called the present for a reason. And uh, the third form of wealth is satisfaction. You know, how many people go through so much of their entire life doing something that they hate so that they can hopefully have a few years once they get done doing what they hate to do something they really enjoy? I say, you know, why not do things that you enjoy now and figure out ways to do that? The fourth form of wealth is relationships. You know, what good is all the money in the world if you don't really have any friends? You know, if you're divorced because you spent all your time working and your kids don't speak to you. So relationships of all kinds, whether it's personal or business, without doubt enrich our lives. And then the fifth form is health. In fact, I heard it said one time that health is wealth. and you know, what good is money or time to enjoy it if you don't have the energy to do it with? So all five of those, really, there's a lot of overlap in those, and they're very intertwined. And I, I believe that in order to have a wealthy life, you really need to have a, a relative abundance and a balance between those five. Yeah, I agree 100%. And one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on the show today was because this idea of wealth, this uh, more robust idea of what wealth is, I think it's important for us to keep in mind, especially as we negotiate, because like you said, a lot of times we focus on the money really to our detriment because there are many different ways that we can get wealth. And when you become more creative in negotiation, then you can find more ways to maximize your overall wealth. So not just trying to maximize the one, the first pillar of money, but also trying to figure out how this deal can improve your life in other ways. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's important to recognize in whatever negotiation you're talking about, whether it's a business deal, whether it is, and listen, this is important in marital relationships, right? There's a lot of negotiation that goes on there. And uh, if you're going to have a healthy long-term marriage, that's very important to recognize that that's a human being. Well, that's important in marriage, but that's important in, in business relationships just as much. Right. Absolutely. How did you come to this realization? Because the reason I'm asking this is because sometimes it takes people a long time or maybe they don't even, <laughs> they don't even get it. But how did you come to this realization about wealth? Well, it does take people a while to get it. And I'll tell you, when I was growing up, I didn't really know that we were sort of on the verge of poor. I mean, I don't mean we went hungry, but we really didn't have anything. And we didn't, I didn't really realize that we were somewhat poor because everybody else that was around us was living the same way. And so for me, 
I was always somewhat uh, obsessed with making my own money. And so I viewed that as a form of wealth. But then you get out and you get some experience and, and you start doing better financially and you realize that's not all there is. You know, it's no good to look up and your kids are, you know, six and three years old. I recall this at the time and thinking, you know, I'm just working all the time and they're growing up without me around and that's no good. And so the more I started to realize that's time it's a, it's you never get it back, right? Once it's gone, once a day is gone, it's gone forever. And so I really started treating my days differently. But then uh, as your kids grow up, you need energy to do things with them. And that's when I started to recognize I need to start paying better attention to my health. You know, I got to get some exercise and, and put down that extra cheeseburger. And <laughs> if you, you got to have energy to do things. And I have always recognized the value of relationships, always. And so that was never uh, really an issue for me. But the satisfaction, it goes, you know, that sort of comes to you over time. I'm sure you have some of your listeners that have worked jobs that they absolutely hated. You know, if you're working a Monday through Friday, I remember having a job, Kwame, where come Sunday afternoon about 4 o'clock, I started getting knots in my stomach Wow! because it's like, oh, I got to go in that place again tomorrow morning. <laughs> what a drag and what a terrible way to go through life doing things that you hate because you feel like you have to and you don't really. That's a big epiphany for a lot of people. It's a big reveal to know that you don't have to continue to do things that you hate. I love this point. And I think this really goes hand in hand with one of my earlier episodes called Forget Yes, How Do I Say No? Because really in order to shape the life of our dreams, our success is going to be predicated more upon what we say no to than what we say yes to. And sometimes we find ourselves saying yes to things that we don't really want to do. And it just takes our life down a path we never wanted to go simply because we can't say no. Well, it's easier. And, uh, there's less friction with saying yes, right? The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the LinkedIn Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So it is. But once you sort of understand what your values are and what's important to you, then all of a sudden you start uh, saying yes to the things that mesh with those values and mesh with what's important to you. And it's much easier to, to start saying no to things. Right. So let's use a kind of slightly modified version of your life as an example here, because you, you came to a point in your life where your children were six and three, and you realized that you didn't have that overall wealth that you would have liked. So let's say there's a person in that scenario who really enjoys what they're doing. They're really driven, but they realize that it's only really the first pillar of wealth that they've been able to maximize. How would you suggest they approach having a negotiation with maybe a manager to reallocate some of their time to maximize their wealth and start to live that life with more overall wealth and not just monetary wealth? I have heard you say previously on some of uh, the interviews I've heard you do that negotiation is the majority of it is about preparing. And so that's, uh, it's so key critical to prepare. And one of the exercises that I did is I had a trainer who took me through a scenario where he said, you have 30 days left to live. And once you get over the sort of the angry and disappointment and sadness you start focusing on what's important to you really at your core. And so once you focus on those core things, and I would suggest your listeners do that exercise. It's a little scary, but it's just pretend, right? But focus on if you had 30 days left to live, what would you write down? What would you do in those 30 days? Who would you spend time with? What would your you know, actual activities be? And that was very clarifying for me. And so I think before going into any negotiation, you've got to be clear in your mind on what is important to you to come out of that. Now, if you don't like your family, then you probably don't mind working 80 or 100 hours a week. But if you do and you want your marriage to last and you want to have a good relationship with your children, those are things that, you know, maybe it's a trade-off, but what if it doesn't have to be? What if you can figure out ways to get the mission accomplished, to get the job accomplished in less time? And I think once you focus on the possibility that you can do that, then all of a sudden you do figure out ways to get that done without trading one asset for another. This is golden. This is really cool because with regard to negotiation, like you said, it's an information game. You have to prepare beforehand, get as much information as possible. One thing that we often overlook, like you said, is we don't do an internal audit of what we really want, what our true values are. We just assume that we have an idea. And I guess we, we make that assumption based on what we should want. It's like, okay, this is a business deal. I should want more money. And a lot of times we look at the outcome of these negotiations, not so much in terms of the actual substance, but more so 
in terms of the status that we can glean from the successful outcome. Because it's a lot cooler to tell your friends, like, yeah, you know, I, I was able to negotiate a six-figure contract when that wasn't on the table. That's, oh, that's wow. That's impressive. It's a clear win that other people from the outside can see. But maybe you made a mistake and miscalculated because your true values lie in more in time. And so you successfully negotiated, or I should say, you successfully implemented the incorrect strategy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or successfully navigated to the wrong place. So this is really good. And I think this would be a great freebie for the audience. So we're going to have to make that (laughs) before we post this episode. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I have found in coaching people over the years is that people are Number one, a lot of people don't have any goals set at all, so they they just sort of wander as opposed to having a direction. But even among people that have goals set, they often set those goals based on one of two things, neither of which serve them very well. They set goals based on what someone else expects them to want or what they think they should want based on sort of what they see out there in society. And neither one of those get you to your true goals and what you really want. You know, if your friend drives a BMW and you view him as a successful person and you set a goal to get a BMW, what if you didn't want to spend that kind of money on a car? Let's say I wrote a check and paid cash for that car. You know, it was $104,000 or more likely, you know, I'm making a a lease or a, a car note payment every month. Well, that new car has such a great feeling for about six months. And then after six months, Human nature is you start to get tired of things. Well, if I'm writing that big check every month for that car note, I start hating that car because it really wasn't what I wanted. I might have been much more happy buying a Honda or a Toyota and using those resources, monetary resources, for something that was more important to me than a BMW. Right. And, you know, this brings up, I'm going to put on my psychology nerd glasses right now and bring in an important thing that we should keep in mind. It's called um, hedonic adaptation. So hedonism is the search for pleasure above all else. And so Mm -hmm. the idea of hedonic adaptation comes from the psychology that shows that humans are incredibly resilient. We adapt to circumstances very well. So if things go poorly, if we're in a bad situation, we can adapt. It's also called habituation. Sometimes we just get we normalize to our our circumstances. What happens when you search for meaning and fulfillment through the achievement and attainment of certain monetary goals or through tangible objects is that, like you said, we achieve that thing, we get a rush of dopamine, and we get really excited about that thing. But since we're humans, we start to normalize. Our happiness eventually starts to go downward toward our baseline. And so what happens is we say, okay, well, now I'm not satisfied anymore. We look at it like a meal. I'm getting hungry. I need to have another big meal again. And so we keep going on that hedonic treadmill, searching for pleasure and fulfillment through these things, when really it's not going to fulfill us for the long term. It's just a short-term jolt of happiness that's not really fulfilling. Right. One of the quotes that I recall from when I was in my 20s, just a long time ago now, Kwame. (laughs) It was a quote that frankly changed my outlook on things. And it was Abraham Lincoln. He said, 
people are about as happy as they make up their mind to be. And it was so shocking to me when I really thought in depth about that to realize that happiness doesn't come from outside you. It comes from inside you, right? It's a personal decision that even if you aren't satisfied with where you are career-wise or achievement-wise or whatever, you can still be happy, right? You can be happy every day. And, you know, my philosophy is I'm happy 100% of the time, but I'm rarely satisfied. But I separate the two, right? Because I figure life's too short to go through it being miserable in whatever aspect. You're absolutely right. I like that. I like that. And, you know, one thing that we can do right now to make this actionable is uh, to give a tangible example. Because what I'm thinking about is, let's say, in the employment context, like we've said over and over again in this interview, sometimes we focus too much on the money. But when it comes to overall wealth, I think the best way to maximize it in these deals that we're presented with is through creativity. And so trying to figure out different ways to get value. And we've said it a number of times in in the podcast, the root of creativity is first having a lot of information that gives us more options and then trying to trade things of unequal value. So what are things that you value highly that they value with lower esteem? If it's in the employment context, if, if traveling with your family and accumulating cultural experiences by going to different places is important to you, that's one thing that you can consider, getting paid travel and getting to see the world on your company's dime. Things like that are different ways that you can kind of operationalize this idea of the five pillars of wealth. Without a question, I mean, you make excellent points there. And I think what it starts with is it really starts with what your mindset is. I think one of the things that holds people back from elegant solutions is they're far too familiar with what's impossible. So if I were going in to negotiate for a salary, benefits, working environment, travel, those kinds of things, I would be clear in my mind first on what I really wanted and lose that notion of of it being impossible to get that. In fact, the question I would ask myself is, if this was possible, if this was possible to do, my list of what the perfect scenario would be, you know, wouldn't it be cool? If it's not impossible, in what ways could it be possible? And then all of a sudden that opens up your mind into exploring other possible ways that it could get done. And then you end up proposing those. And what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is what? You get told no, but you might get told yes. Exactly. You have to ask. I love the way that you you phrase that. That's a negotiation technique I use often. I call it the magic question. And so uh, I asked the other side, if you could wave a magic wand and make this situation work, what would you have to do? And it's like you said at the beginning, when we're trying to push ourselves to recognize what is possible, because we have our own mental barriers, we have to recognize that our counterparts on the other side are going to have similar barriers. And so through asking high-level open-ended questions like this, and I think the magic question is a great way to do it, you can help them break through some of those mental barriers and start to be creative alongside. Absolutely. I love that, Kwame. Here on Negotiate Anything, we teach you how to make difficult conversations easier. Our sponsor, FreshBooks, is all about making the dreaded, difficult, day-to-day admin and paperwork easier for small business owners. 
FreshBooks has devoted 14 years to transforming those feelings of dread into delight, and it's been working. They've been able to do this by creating a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software program, and they've helped millions of people feel more organized, work smarter, and get paid faster. With FreshBooks, you can fire off an invoice in less than 30 seconds, you can set up online payments with two clicks, and even track expenses on the fly, and that is just a glimpse of what FreshBooks can do for you. As someone who hates paperwork, I can tell you that FreshBooks is the go-to platform if you want to drastically minimize and simplify your paperwork. And I have some good news. FreshBooks is now offering an unrestricted free 30-day trial to all listeners of Negotiate Anything. And all you have to do is go to freshbooks.com negotiate and enter Negotiate Anything in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And now, back to the show. Let's talk about a challenge that you would offer to our listeners. In your opinion, what is one thing that they can start doing right now to become better at negotiation? Well, what I would do if I were your listeners is I would, uh, and I think we touched on this briefly before, is I would make a list of the things that are, are critically important to me and be very crystal clear on that list. And so, and I don't mean just make a mental list. I mean, take out a piece of paper and write it down, write down what's important to you. There's magic in writing things down. It's one thing to think about it, but writing things down is the first step towards actually making that a reality and not just sort of an imaginary experience. So put it on paper. That would be the first thing I would do is I would identify the things that are non-negotiable, highly important to me. That's a good first step right there. I love it. And like I said, I'm going to, based on this interview, I'll create a freebie that we could uh, kind of systematize that process because I really think that's an important part of the process that people often miss. I'll admit, I often miss it too (laughs) because sometimes (laughs) my arrogance can get in the way. I'm like, how big can you make this deal, Kwame? (laughs) It's like, oh no, (laughs) I do it too. We all do it. So this is going to be a really good thing for us to keep in mind. How can uh, our listeners keep in touch with you going forward? Well, probably the best way, I'm really active on LinkedIn. And so if people just search for me, I don't know if there's more than one Bob Sager, B-O-B-S-A-G-E-R on LinkedIn, but you'll probably put it in your show notes, how to link over there. And then from there, they can find our other websites. I don't want to take the time to give those here on the podcast. But I think that's probably the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I, uh, I do a lot there and, uh, and maximize the value that LinkedIn offers me. Fantastic. And yes, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. And that's, that's kind of, we connected on Facebook and then continued on LinkedIn. So yeah, that is a good place to reach you. So perfect. Yeah, I'll put a link to your, your profile in, in the description. And can I interject something here as well? Absolutely. On the resource that you're talking about, I have something like that already that we can make available to your users as a you know a PDF download or something where they can make their list of you know core value and important issues. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or you can, I love or, that. Or you can do it. No. <laughs> no. I'm still learning. You're the guru here. So we'll just we'll use I, yours. That'll be perfect. I figure why reinvent the wheel, right? Exactly. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bob. We really appreciate this. Oh, my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode. 
If you're finding this information helpful, please remember to leave a review and subscribe. Our goal is to teach this to as many people as possible. And every time you leave a review, it makes it easier for people to find us in the search engines. With your support and listenership, we've grown to the point where we are now the number one ranked negotiation podcast, and we have listeners in 140 different countries. We appreciate your continued support, and please continue to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Remember, everybody who connects with me gets a personal message from me eventually. It takes time because uh, more and more people have been reaching out, but I want to hear from you, and we actually get to chat. So continue to reach out. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.